Hey there, this is Bob Nelbandian with the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast and the Inside Metal documentary series. Just want to let you know, you are tuned into Poppet's Corner. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode, the first of the year. I haven't done one of these in a long, long time, but I'd like to bring on, I guess, not my co-host today, but my co-host of sorts, uh, Mr. Shannon Fry of Avenger of Blood, and of course, Chris. How are you guys doing? Thanks again for coming on the show and hanging, man. Thanks for yeah, having thanks me. Thanks again. Yeah. So we are we're here today to discuss, I guess, a new old record. I don't Shannon, why don't you give me the backstory on this, just for the people who have no idea kind of what's going on in the Avenger Blood camp, but essentially it's like a re-recorded version of, of Complete Annihilation. So go ahead, give me all the spiel for this. Yeah, so uh, when we released the album, we recorded it in 2004. It was released in 2005, and it sounded like ass. I'm not even going to joke. So I've always wanted... To, as the um right after the album came out the label closed so everything went away at the same time i was always thinking about getting those tracks and remixing and remastering and re-releasing them so 15 years later i finally get the tracks and when i got the tracks back i gave them to our bass player corey to try and remix it and remaster it. So two days later, he calls me and says, everything is really shitty on this. It's like, okay. So I was asking him what happened, what's going on, what, what is with it? So I didn't know. Well, it turns out one of the songs was completely deleted out of the folder because these are all computer, you know, we recorded on Pro Tools at the time. And just one song was completely gone. The folder was there, all the tracks gone. So as he's delving into songs like Where the Pictures Lie, the bass cuts off, just completely cuts off, and the rest of the song has no bass. Other parts, the guitars were switched around. Vocals were off. There's tracks in there that don't mean anything to anything. Like, it, it was it, the biggest clusterfuck that could ever possibly be. Okay, so the only thing to do was remaster this shit garbage or re-record it with a new lineup so at the same time that i'm getting the tracks back and all this is when chris and corey offered to join the band like they basically convinced me to get the band going again so as we started practicing started rehearsing and we decided to go full-blown into it. Then we took it upon ourselves to Chris's, where we jam is also our recording room, whatever you want to call it. And that's at Chris's house. And when that COVID thing happened, we decorated this garage, right? Soundproofed it, made it our own. And bought all the, Corey and, and all of us bought all the microphones and everything to, to, to go in with it. Like we were all gung-ho about it and we commenced to recording. And then here we are getting ready to finally have it out. It's okay. So let me, let me ask you this going back to what you kind of said in the beginning of, of the, the answering process here is, why 15 years? How come it took you so long to get the tracks back? And would it be different? Would you have those said tracks? Would they be, I guess, sabotaged if you got them 
two years after get you know uh, when the record was initially recorded back in two thousand and five. Said engineer disappeared, right? And it took me thirteen years to find out where he was, because where I was working, this guy was a solo hip hop artist thinking he's the greatest thing in the world. Well, he was my assistant at my job. And so he kept talking about this recording studio. Where are you recording? Who? And I was like, huh? I, then he mentioned the, the guy's name and I'm like, well, really? He's there, you know? So my coworker at the time, gave me the number and I found him and then I found him on Facebook shortly after. So I had to, you know, develop a time and everything to get the, the the files transferred to a flop fucking whatever those are called flash drive. Floppy disk. (laughs) Floppy disk. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, fucking flash drive right and and that's how i was able to get it back now chris i i gotta go to you real quick on this and how you fit in with wanting to restart the band and whatnot was this kind of the first indication of you know this this could be something more and this is a perfect project to complete because it's kind of like you're killing two birds with one stone here Shannon had always wanted to re-record it and make it sound even better. And obviously you guys needed something at the time when you guys all got together to look forward to completing before you started, I don't know, a whole new record with all new material. So when Shannon initially came to me with the idea, um, I think it was like, late 2018 early 2019 and um for me it was something that i always wanted to do because i've been a avenger fan since complete annihilation came out like me and my friends in our band at the time you know we'd be trying to write songs and stuff we were really into thrash at the time too and like that was one of the big albums that we would always listen to for inspiration was complete annihilation so when he came to me with the idea i was like dude you know i would love to be a part of that because a lot of those songs have influenced me for years and i always felt kind of the same way as him like i love the songs but the production on that album just it could have been better so when he came to me with the idea i was just like dude you know let's do it so we started jamming with it and then um like he said when uh the lockdown hit that's pretty much what i dumped all of my um stimulus money into was just the materials to build up the the garage and get it soundproofed and everything ready to go for it to be a rehearsal slash recording studio so um you know we had a grand majority of the gear already between the five of us and getting it all you know uh compiled together to see what we have and see what we needed it didn't take long before we had everything we needed to actually do the album ourselves and corey and i had engineering experience already you know i've been doing it for myself for over a decade and corey has been spending the last few years doing it um, professionally so we figured you know why not why not do it ourselves cut the middlemen out you know we can take all the time we need to have it turn out right and you know as as much of a learning experience as it was i do think that it did come out quite a bit better um than we expected to and I think it's going to be awesome for everybody to really hear that album. Kind of how Shannon and the guys really wanted it to be when it first came out in the first place, you know, without all of the, the hurdles and the speed bumps to have to jump over. It was a nice, fairly easy 
process and we got a lot of what we wanted to accomplish done. Sure. So what did you specifically learn in going into this process and, and learning how to work with the guys in Avenger for this new lineup and now and taking that influence or taking that kind of, you know, how everybody works and applying it to an actual fucking like original, like brand new album that Avenger of Blood hopefully is, is gearing up to do now. Um, you know, the, the thing is, is it was, it was a bit rough at the start, obviously, when you have new people that you're trying to play with to get used to, but, um, me, Sal and, uh, Mark, you know, we were always sharing ideas and the more Avenger stuff that I learned, I would be able to translate it into writing new songs that were um, basically Shannon would kind of give me like a, a guideline, be like, all right, I want it to be Avenger, but I want it to be more. I want it to be the next step, not just more of the same, but something that shows that we've grown as a group. So now what kind of influences were you putting in at that specific juncture? Um, so <laughs> I admittedly through my thrash experience have been a lot more into American thrash than, you know, the European and specifically German thrash bands. Like I've always loved creator Sodom destruction, all that stuff too. But my favorite thrash band for a long, long time was always Testament. Those first two albums to me were just like, perfect so i feel like i kind of bring a bit of like a new the new order bit of influence to the mix um you know mark is really he's a big death row fan so a lot of stuff has been coming kind of from that angle um and i think it's just with the new songs we're just kind of throwing a bit of new spice on it it's still avenger but it's pretty much like what we were shooting for where it's it's the next step we're building on what we've already done into something new that the fans can get into and you know look forward to now i think a lot of avengers tonalities or what makes you guys you it are it's comes from the drums specifically and i get it i get it because shannon's been there from the beginning so he his stamp is clearly cemented in this camp here but i really feel you know with with taking his stamp and, and and how you guys are applying other elements i would be really curious how shannon is going to uh, uh either either continue to do the same things that he's that he's doing or or to kind of be a chameleon and play with the new influences i'm just curious shannon for you, what, how you, your approach is going to be on the new material now that you have other outside influences, you know, other than, you know, German thrash and, and death row obviously kind of counts, but they're more technical at this point. Well, that, that technicality of the death row era, that, that aspect that you're getting to is almost the same as what Chris is throwing in. The, the testament thing I think that he's referring to when he's throwing it in is the melody, right? Because Avenger never really had melody. We were just violent and vicious before. Well, now it's violent and vicious with some melody, which is like, that's, that's that step that I was looking for, as you were talking about earlier. So, in... in and getting the material ready for let's let's switch gears here and go and go back to what we should explain what the the title of the album is uh, is completely reannihilated, right? A kind of a play on words with um, you know complete annihilation, but you're completely reannihilated because it's a brand new start. But it's also going to be a, you know a start not in terms of of I, I, you know the the band at that specific time and place, but going forward now, and you guys, I'm assuming, have really learned how each other work with doing this specific album. Um, We're still figuring that out. We're still figuring that out. We we have a few obstacles yet, but 
we're all we all get along super great and that's what's cool and uh, me and shannon were kind of talking off the air and i'll tell you uh this chris is you know the one standout for me personally and it's it has nothing to do with me being a vocalist and whatnot, but Sal's vocal abilities and approach, I think, is is a huge step forward from from Eric. If I'm just being honest here, I I just like his approach a lot more. It's more aggressive. It fits Avenger Blood more so even now because I think at the time they were kind of unlump, unfairly lumped into a creator clone, but now that you have Sal, I think he just adds a bit more grit to where it. it it doesn't sound completely like that. It's it's literally like he's added so much to the band. So I'll tell you right now, like even being a part of the album and everything, getting it redone, I will say right now, I agree with you. My favorite thing on completely reannihilated is Sal's vocals. Like he came in and it was just so fluid and flawless and like, it was funny because he was a little bit unsure of himself because he hadn't, you know, really stepped up and done that kind of thing in a long time. And every session, I was just blown away because the dude like took everything that we had done before and then done the same thing that we did with the riffs and stuff. It's still Avenger, but it's the next step. And it sounds so awesome. Like he's my favorite thrash vocalist of all time. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But he again, he also took what Eric did and he, and just made it even better. I, I don't know how you could even do that, but he's just that kind of a vocalist. So bravo. Yeah. Golf clap. You know. Right. Exactly. I, obviously, we spoke at the I think the last time we spoke was what the senior so metal swap and I was yeah. I was kind of kissing his ass a little bit. But it, it's true. <laughs> you know, he uh, he really stepped forward. I think. Again, Shannon, it's no offense to, to anyone in this specific realm uh, as of this moment, but uh, yeah, he, the vocals are just my favorite part of Completely Reannihilated. I'm, I'm generally curious, maybe Chris would be a better um, fit for to answer this, is, is what kind of an influence is he going to do going forward with the material now that you are bringing in with your riffs? Um... I'm not really sure. I'm like to be a hundred percent honest. Cause like with the, the new material that we're working on right now, um, that's one of the things that we're still kind of working on at the moment is getting like lyrics and vocal lines down how we want them. But, uh, sorry. So, so is, is he not to catch up, but is he actually writing the lyrics now going forward or is it just a combination of all you guys? How, how do you, typically are you going to write new material with this specific lineup? So well, it's, it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's writing the lyrics for a couple of songs. Cause we had a couple of ideas that we wanted him specifically to work on, mm-hmm. but, um, there's also like I'm I'm working on one of the, the tracks myself to kind of help him out, and then um, Shannon's always got a lot of really good ideas because I think you've been kind of the main lyric writer for quite a while, haven't you? <laughs> so yeah, cool lyric writer, cool yeah. But uh, in 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 going back to what you were talking about, how we started, I I wanted to make this clear that when we decided to re-record it. The reason we decided to change the name of the album from Complete Annihilation to Completely Reannihilated, it was not to erase the past members, because without them, there wouldn't have been Complete Annihilation, and it wouldn't have got the recognition it got, and it wouldn't have set ourselves on that on the path that we did take, even though that path didn't last long. But um, it's, it wasn't to erase them this is that album the the covers redrawn and it looks so much better the the songs are chris mailed every solo note for note mark nailed his solos note for note so like not the only thing that's changed was one of the solos that 
it sounded exactly like another song solo. And we didn't realize that at the time, and we finally realized it when he was recording them. So he totally changed it, and now it's fucking just in your face and a razor blade to your to your senses. But um <laughs> so so it was just to get it back out there, but to actually show this new lineup too. So nothing was really, I kept as close to the drums as original as I could. And everything else was just as close to the original as it could be. But that, you know, to me, it had to get back out there. So now that we're moving forward, like now we get to show what we're about nowadays. Well, right, and what? I, but I think the biggest takeaway for me personally, and, and it, the it, the smartest thing that you guys did is you use this project to get to know one another, and it will only make you stronger as a unit for the new material. That's all I was trying to say. Is just because you know not many bands get to do that. So I think what you guys did is pretty smart, in a sense too that you're doing it early in your kind of career, even though you've been around a long time. But this is essentially the. You know, it's not like you've made 20 albums and you're doing the fucking 35th anniversary of it, but redoing it. You know what I mean? Right. So well, it's an album not many people know. And I've gotten asked about it time after time after time. And it's just like, I don't know where you can get it. Go online, I guess. You know, I had no nothing. So here it is, re-recorded. You can't you can't polish a turd and you can't fix something that's completely broken because this time duct tape don't work on this, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the it's now, the best it's the best thing that we could have done, I guess. Yeah. Now, what have you changed in terms of obtaining the tracks that you didn't at, at you know with complete annihilation? Now that you've done it completely reannihilated, I'm assuming everything is all good to go. You haven't fucking lost a whole song. Half the bass is gone. I'm assuming, you know, that that's you guys can now finally step forward into a new record. So let me let me ask you this in terms of how you guys are marketing completely reannihilated. I, I would like to know your your guys' process into you know, how do you market an album that's kind of already been made, but it hasn't been made, if that makes sense. It's like a new updated form of an album. Hmm. <laughs> How would you answer that, Chris? Um, you know, it's kind of like what we were saying, even if it's something that people haven't heard the original of, it's still a marker for the beginning of, this specific lineup so it's kind of you know we're basically rebooting ourselves you know it's a reimagining of the original and you know it's just same band but a different feel a different mentality going forward you know it's just um that's what we're looking for well but so i guess what i'm, I'm trying to ask is in terms of marketing this, are you marketing it as a just a whole new kind of beast? Are you are you just using this as to like, hey, this is you know what we needed to do at this point in time. Now we're just going to go straight into the studio and do a whole new record and just focus mainly on this. Okay, okay, okay. So let, there won't be like a Death Brigade Part Two or fucking On Slaying Grounds re-recorded version. Okay, all right, okay. I'm I'm just asking the questions, man. <laughs> okay, so because you know, for a lot of us, Death Brigade is the record. It it's for a lot of us. I don't know why, Shannon. I can't fucking explain it. You know why? You know, and you can't even explain it either. It's just it is what it is, right? Um, now, what are your plans as far as as touring for this? Are you planning on doing any any road shows to? Um, promote the completely reannihilated, or are you just this the album's out. We're going to focus now on a whole new record and then start the touring from there. Yes, the second one. <laughs> we are playing one. We're playing locally as 
as soon as things you know kind of wrap up with what we're doing now and we can get out there and we're also playing in madison wisconsin at the blades of steel festival for volume three and uh other than that we don't have anything we, we're just you know concentrating on, on getting this done and starting new songs right away because you can never have enough songs and you can never stop recording so we have to just keep moving forward and if we get the opportunity to play okay good but we also have some uh really big personal responsibilities that are on our plate and so touring is out of the question at this point well but we'll play shows sure we can do some out of town on a weekend here or there and do what do we have to if it, if it works out for us yeah now chris for you specifically you know when for you you first kind of joined avenger i i want to get some backstory on you specifically i know enough about shannon but for you specifically i'm curious how you even came upon avenger of blood did you see him at a show i know you guys are local but i'm assuming you saw him at like a local show and then started to dive into their catalog that way or did you go to a record shop and see the album or on a magazine how did you actually discover avenger um so jesus when i was 16, yeah this is interesting <laughs> when i was 16 um i was in a thrash band called was it, asylum with uh, a previous member of avenger of blood actually uh chris rodriguez and uh, you know like i was saying before one of the big albums that we would listen to all the time was complete annihilation um i actually bought the cd t-shirt combo when they had it on sale on the uh, heavy artillery site no or was it um uh, no, Heavy Artillery was Death Brigade. This, this was that's uh, right. Um, well, this was through JCM Records at the time, yeah. but it was also we were also had a merchandising deal, and they were the ones that were supplying the shirts, and they were the ones that had the website up. So yeah, okay. So when that band eventually fell apart, um, I actually don't remember the first time that shannon and i had met i think it was at a couple of local shows i don't remember if it was theirs or not but um i had given him my number and um at the time i think it was like 17 or 18 years old and i was pretty much a free agent at the time and he gave me a call to come audition for avenger of blood and uh I think I, I went and I auditioned twice and I almost got the part uh, all the way back in what was it like 2008, 2009, something like that? 2008, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think, what was it? I, I almost got it, but they were just about to go on tour. Uh, I didn't have a passport and obviously I was still underage so the bar shows would have been difficult and i think i actually lost the spot out to sal at the time <laughs> so uh that was my first major interaction with avenger blood was back then and uh i've always kept in touch with shannon ever since i'd always see him at shows every uh new band that i would be in he would come and see it at least once to see how i was doing see what i was see what i was working with so um when he finally wanted to get everything you know back together and do this album you know he hit me up and i was just like dude i've been waiting for that call for fucking 15 years <laughs> what 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 an honor shannon that's that seems like a huge honor you know for for shannon no, yeah, see, Chris is even answering for you, but it seems like it's an honor for you too, Shannon, to have a guy that's so and in, in, I wouldn't say infatuated, but I would say just loves Avenger of, uh, of Bloods that much to where you know the call meant the world to him. So that's fucking awesome. I view it. it this is why I think him and I gel so well, is because if we were one of his favorite bands, 
and he's a fan of the band. I can't say one of his favorites, but if he was a fan of the band as much as I'm a fan of the band, sure, I'm in the band, but I have to step back sometimes and just listen as a fan, as a metal fan. Do I like this? Do I don't like it? What would I change? What would I not change? Right? All those, all those always going through my head at the time. So now that he's in and he loves the band as much as I do, it's like, well, nothing, you know, there's no, no clashing ever. And it's the same with everyone that's in right now, though, too. Like everybody that's in, we're fans of the band before we're band members. You know what I mean? That's how sure. I view it. See, I think you guys just have a great chemistry because you don't take any shit. Let's just be honest there. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. There you yeah. go. Absolutely. Now, now Chris, let, let's go back to you real quick here. And I want to ask your specific history in, into the quote-unquote new wave of, of thrash metal that was happening back then. And Avenger was a big part of that, even if, it's, if it drove Shannon nuts. I, I can only understand, and I'm sorry for that. But it's it's the truth. I'm curious, were you discovering other bands of that of of that ilk, like I don't know, a Fuel by Fire or or a Warbringer, you know, because of MySpace, I'm assuming, or just seeing them play with Avenger, or how did you, were you discovering more and more of these type of bands? So it was still relatively early into me even discovering and really getting into metal in general. Um, I think when I was like 14, I stole my dad's uh, paranoid CD and I would listen to it at school all the time. And then um, a friend of mine gave me a mix CD with more Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden. And that was the first time I'd ever heard Iron Maiden. I was like, oh my God, I need more of this. So ever since that moment, it was just... I, you know how it is when you're an early metal fan you're just absolutely nuts and you can never get enough so you keep looking for more and more and more and i was lucky enough to hit that in the internet age where i could just you know, google search you know thrash metal and then it gives me 30 examples so uh like you said actually yeah myspace did make it pretty easy to go like search that kind of stuff out so I started going and seeing local bands that were doing kind of the same thing to see, you know, what kids were doing at the time. Like, where was the state of metal at that point? And that's where I saw, like you said, uh, Warbringer, Field by Fire, uh, Ex Mortis, um, a lot of others. Um, and it just, I always liked thrash metal because of the aggressiveness and it was always fast it was always exciting you know there was always something going on there was no pauses you know it was never boring and that was the big part for me now what now what set avenger blood apart from all those bands that made you gravitate towards them at first that we were local <laughs> that too but <laughs> I hate to say this, but honestly, it was around that time where Slayer stopped really sounding like Slayer, and they were always one of my top favorites. And then when I had heard Avenger, like, yeah, they had the, the German vocals, but they still had badass Slayer riffs that weren't, like, corny like a lot of other bands do that make, like, they shoot for it, but it kind of... They get a little bit too on the gimmicky side. That that always drove me away from a lot of other bands that tried to sound like Slayer. But uh, to me, Avenger did it right. Like all the riffs and everything like that, all of it meshed. It was always angry and aggressive. You know, when you're a 16 year old kid, you're always angry about everything. So it just, I loved it. So that's what drew me to Avenger. Was just that satisfied my my Slayer craving that a lot of other bands could never do right. Yeah, and maybe because Shannon's kind of an older older soul and has been doing it longer than probably me and you have uh, been alive. No offense. <laughs> but maybe because he grew up, you know, with that when it was happening. So he might have had a little bit little bit uh, of a of an up, you know, 
obviously than than we I had. Like, so, so what is what is it that that you guys have in terms of your chemistry nowadays compared to back then, Shannon? What is so different about it? Uh, okay. The attitude, the the personal attitude, the camaraderie. I'm not saying because in the past, man, Eric and I, we 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 connected musically, the the kind that were, was so like tight together. He could play, and I know what he was gonna play, and I could play, and he knew what I was gonna play, and we just connected. Lyrically, musically, personally, for a long time, you know that. Like, but but there's a different attitude about it now too, you know. When when we were starting, we were just hungry. That that's it. It was let's just full force, or this is nothing. You know, we have to do something, and we have to do it right, and we have to do it the way that we envisioned it right the only thing now is it, it's still my vision so they go along with my vision as well as try to bring their side of it in so we can expand the vision but before you know i mean that that's one of the things too is it we're opened up a little more in, in every aspect, I don't. I really wouldn't know how to describe it, but, but because of the um, the wider range of, of what we bring to the table, as far as band members and as far as friends and as far as our likes and dislikes, everything just kind of dwells, gels together. But it's still, and and I'll always say this, but, and this isn't being all almighty and powerful over anything and no band dictatorship bullshit, but it's still my vision. So to me, I would still have the last say in shit, but nobody, we all have that same vision. That's what I love about it too. Where before, you know, when, when we did this album, we were just pushing to try and figure ourselves out as well. We knew what we were and we did our best to do it. So now, when we re-recorded this, that they still had that that chemistry, that that sight of of that finished product. You know what I mean? Like how these songs are tight like this, they sound like this, and they still sound like that. So now going forward, like those other influences that we bring in, it's still that. It's still that. It's Death Brigade, but it's beyond. Death Brigade. It's complete annihilation, but it's beyond complete annihilation because there's more things happening, and it's a better, it's a bigger songwriting, um, a palette, so to say, if you will. There's more, and and Chris is, can write anything and play anything, with his eyes closed, and he always has great ideas. Mark has always has great ideas. Sal always has great ideas. Corey sometimes has a good idea. You know, I mean, it's not nothing against Corey. Corey's not that kind of person. Corey's not a writer. Corey's the, the technical guy, and he's the, when we're jamming, he's the musical leader. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and that's how we like it. And that's how he it. likes it. So, I mean, that's nothing against Corey. When, when he has a good idea, hell yeah, it's damn good. But he doesn't have ideas like that much, and that's all I'm saying. It's all the rest of us that kind of have the that creative gel. What are the, it almost sounds like you guys have a synergy between the five of you. Like it's you, you guys know the next move you guys want to make. You know how to do it, and you know how to how to how to get there in terms of of what it's going to take to complete that specific juncture or task at hand. Um, now, Shannon, going forward for Avenger of Blood, what do you want to do that you have not yet completed for the band? What is the next thing? What's your next goal in terms of, I, I don't know, establishing more albums, creating more of a legacy for yourself, going to Europe finally, um, 
I don't know. What is your next step? What What do you want to achieve now that you now that you've done, you know, completely reannihilated? Next step is to finish these four songs that we're currently recording and put them out there in the ways that they're going to be put out. To split with Madras, to split with Vindicator, working on a new album. There's, those are like more of the short-term goals to get playing again. You know, yeah. The, the more longer-term goals, well, that's going to take a little bit and some planning and and obviously the personal stuff that... The personal stuff is what's holding the band from really going out there. And it's really, really important that the personal stuff is first the family first man that's basically what i'm saying and and everybody knows that within the band too and everybody's so supportive something i can't go into but um yeah man i would love to go to europe i would love to go to asia i would love to go to south america i would love to go to central america i'd love to go to east europe i love to go anywhere you know Hell yeah, if it, if it means we get to travel to play, to play for new audiences because they like the music, hell fuck yeah, I'm down for it. Ain't nothing holding me back there. Right. But, you know, I, things have to fix themselves before that happens. Now, Chris, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to branch off of this point here and ask you a similar question and whatnot. But being the quote-unquote new guy and, and an important faction of the band nowadays with the writing style and, and what you bring to the table, musically speaking, and in terms of the overall goals that you have not completed in your respectful, you know, respected career and whatnot, what would you like to achieve with Avenger of Blood going forward? So um, one of the big... Uh milestones for me already was that uh the completely reannihilated is the first like major distributed album that i'm credited on so that for me was real big and for you know the group that it was with so for me that was a big milestone right there um you know like hugh saying um one of the big things i want to do is definitely go back to Europe. I've only been once. I was with a band called uh, No Words in 2015. We did uh, Vakken, and I've uh, I loved it, and I want to go back, and I'd love to go back and play it, especially with Avenger. I think it would be awesome to go with Avenger back to Germany. And then uh, besides that, you know, definitely more albums. I want to do a lot more, a lot more songwriting, um, a lot more metal festivals too. So I haven't got to do a lot of those. So that's, that's pretty much my, my main thing is there's a lot of bands that I hope I get the chance to share the stage with that I haven't been able to yet. And, uh, I mean, even the one in Madison, we're going to be sharing the stage with Flotsam and Jetsam. So I thought that was really cool. And, um, you know, hopefully we get some more stuff booked throughout the year. But uh, yeah, you know, it just just doing a lot of the the usual things with bands, but just looking forward to doing it with with this band. Have you noticed a, a, a shortage of bookers and, and promoters and whatnot that that still book um, either locally or or festival wise? It seems like there's a shortage. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's just I'm the media guy now, or and, and band guy. But I, I've noticed not a lot of uh, of promoters are are really kind of taking the chance on on festival type things, or it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of shows happening. But maybe there are. To answer that question, it's the same people in Vegas. Vegas is its own world. I'm just going <laughs> to say that everything outside of the Las Vegas happens everything for metal everything in las vegas that is metal just kind of gets shut out occasionally we'll get some bigger shows and but yeah there, there are lots right now there's 
shows I see them booked all the time right now. It's just a matter of are you going to fucking recognize that we're back? I don't know. And and it seems like maybe they're getting too many offers and they just keep forgetting or I don't know. I don't know. It could be anything. It might be a fucking secret hatred for us for all I know. I don't know. You know, but there ain't no there ain't no shortage, not in Las Vegas, you know, and they're the the, the the guys that I know are that are doing it are gonna do it and have always done it, right? There's there's fewer, but but I think overall, there. like uh I think the lockdown and COVID really fucked the system up basically. Because, you know, pre-lockdown, you know, it wasn't the best, but there was still stuff going on, you know. And ever since then, it's just been a slow uphill climb to get it back to anywhere close to what it was. Um, as far as the scene in Vegas, you know, uh, it's just Vegas has never really been a metal city. And, like, you can see it a lot of times on, like, the big national tours. <laughs> we'll skip right over us from San Diego right to Phoenix, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so it's it's a bit of a bummer. But I'm hoping that since a lot of the more popular cities to play aren't really that far away, that even if we can't play here in Vegas, you know, we can still go hit SoCal. We can still go do Arizona, New Mexico, you know, nearby stuff, like you know, like Shannon was saying before, you know, go out for a weekend, play a show or two, come back, still be able to take care of everyday life here at home, but, you know, still manage to go out and expand and work the band like we want to. Now, do you do you feel that because you guys are in Vegas and the casinos are really the the hot ticket, it's really the reason why people go out there is the casinos. It's not really, you know, they don't go out for metal. I'm assuming... You know, the casinos are, are what's holding the metal scene from kind of flourishing. The casinos hold everything from flourishing. <laughs> That's just how it is. You have your you have your one club here though, that, that Chris Chris has a cover band that he plays in that they play this club all the time and it's owned by the guy that does the counting cars movie. Uh, or television sh series, whatever. Okay. Anyway, so so that club is popular. It used to be Vince Neil's Feel Goods. Now it's Counts Vamped, and they get a lot of shows, right? And and there's a there's pretty much a built-in crowd, but it's also because of Counting Cars, and and the rock bands that are booked there. That's one of like the site places for tourists to come as well. Well, outside of that, yeah, you're dealing. Celine Dion's playing. Well, no matter who you are, you're competing with Celine Dion. Doesn't matter what kind of music you're into. A metalhead probably won't go to that, but that's still a competition, as well as the stand-up comedians, as well as the Cirque du Soleil shows. You know, I mean, everything's a competition here because this is the entertainment capital of the world. Sorry. It's, now, go ahead. Oh, uh, it's definitely a cover band city. <laughs> I've learned that over the years. And another another big thing that I think hurts the scene quite a bit is um, a lot of the independent venues that are like far away from the strip don't usually last very long. I've seen a lot of venues pop up and then drop right out of you know the spot the spotlight. You know in less than a year and i don't know what it is that makes it so tough to keep these places open but like we had uh like roadhouse uh the farm uh university theater there were so many good venues that were here that didn't last very long that were you could have made a great metal venues but even I mean, the skate have, park yeah yeah I mean, we you know we still have you know Counts Vamp still does a lot of stuff. They do a lot of classic metal stuff. Like, you know, you see like uh, a lot of the 80s stuff that still 
tours goes through there quite a bit. Um, as far as the more underground stuff, we still have the dive bar and triple B's. But uh, outside of those, it's there's not a lot, you know. And we just got a recent addition to the Vegas scene. I think it was two, three years ago where uh, Roger from Mortician moved out here. And now he's got his store, uh, Primitive Recordings. Um, and he does a lot of booking out here now as well. So I'm hoping that helps spice the scene up a little bit, get things going. I've seen a lot of his shows doing fairly well. So it's, it's looking better. I'll say that. Well, speaking of better, uh, completely reannihilated, I believe is, is coming out within the next couple months. And obviously it's a better version in my opinion of complete annihilation. Now, Shannon and, and Chris, I want to thank you very much for, again for giving me a few minutes of you guys' time and, and helping me promote the record. It kills. I, I don't know what else to say. Um, if you're into if you're into thrash metal, if you're into blistering fucking jackhammer to the balls sounding uh, metal, this this is the album for you. Um, now, where can people find this specific record? Where can people pre-order it, help the band out, um, and and be part of the next phase in Adventure of Blood? Well, it'll be available at nolifetillmetalrecords.com. That's the label that's putting it out. Um, Pre-orders start February. Release date's March 31st. So I don't know if you want to edit that part or what. But No, I just want you to stop clicking on your fucking can. But okay. uh, <laughs> I'm leaving that in too, man. But yeah, go ahead. The, the pre-sales are supposed to start mid-February. Uh, the official release date, uh, we're shooting for March 31st <laughs> and, um, you know, it's going to be CD vinyl. We're working on merchandise as well. Cause you know, us metal boys love our t-shirts. <laughs> Hell so yeah, dude! we got to get our t-shirts out there too, but we got ideas for posters and a lot of other stuff too. We have uh, some pretty slick patch ideas. Like we're, we're looking to go back out there with a lot of stuff to really spread the word and get it out there. I love it. Well, gentlemen, I, I want to thank you again for coming on the show and, and let's do it again sometime, man. I would, uh, I'll, I'll always, always invited back on here. So, alrighty guys. Well, for another episode of Poppers Corner, we're out of here. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>